is episode 236 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and comments from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? Solidarity with Francisco Solar from Act for Freedom Now. Quote, on September 22nd, 2021, the anarchist comrade Francisco Solar was hospitalized inside the La Gonzalina prison in Rancagua after being diagnosed with diabetes and found on the verge of a coma. Today, the comrade was returned to the maximum security module two, and since then, medical staff and prison guards have tried to stabilize him with negligent and insufficient treatment. Immediately, both Francisco and the network of solidarity on the outside begin to make efforts to obtain the services of a private doctor to carry out a series of examinations, modify his diet, and move toward as autonomous a treatment as possible for Francisco to avoid depending on the mood swings of the prison guards to obtain insulin, unquote. All kinds of solidarity are requested. You know what that means. Report back. Gadita Nyinta from Montreal Counterinfo. A communique about some actions taken in support of Chief Desahil and defiance of the Canadian in state's incursion into unceded territory. Quote, the action consisted of several components and was completed without arrest or injury. Tactics were deployed successfully and though police presence and security and worker aggression had potential for escalation and direct conflict, none occurred. Unquote. Police tortured Nikolai Zyadov from Belsat.eu, which calls itself the first independent television channel in Belarus. A public anarchist in Belarus is harassed and finally tortured. No investigation is happening, despite obvious evidence of mistreatment. Quote, Nikolai Zyadok was detained on 12 November 2020 in the town of Sosnovi, Asipovici district. In the video published by Belarusian law enforcement agencies, Nikolai Zyadok looked badly beaten on the back of the arrest. Media Zoni interviewed a man who had a conversation with Ziadok in the detention center in Akretsin Street in Minsk. According to the interviewee, the officers who were detaining Ziadok tear-gassed him, threatened him with rape, stifled him with a pillow, trying to beat the passwords to the system and telegram channel out of him. The complaint of the activist's father about torture during detention was not satisfied. The investigative committee refused to conduct a probe. Unquote. There isn't information about how to support him, but one can always write an anarchist prisoner today. Arson attack against private security company from rattle.me, translated by Cretan. A communique out of Italy where two vehicles were set afire in Milan. Quote, the time of chatter and hesitation must end. Take action to raise your head. Act to relaunch the anarchist offensive without respite. The guerrilla does not stop. Unquote. The legacy of Peter Kropotkin from Autonomies by Frank Mintz. The original title of this article seems to be Current Society and the Pandemic, as seen from a few reflections of Kropotkin, a title that was too long for the site, but definitely more accurate. It starts out with some quotations from the big K that make him sound pretty cool, and then reflects on neoliberalism, the pandemic, and foundational social change. Quote, in the face of regrets and revolutionary exaltations, Kropotkin concludes in Anarchist Morality, then you will have lived, and a few hours of such life are worth years spent vegetating. Struggle so that all may live this rich, overflowing life, and be sure that in this struggle you will find a joy greater than anything else can give. This is all that science of morality can tell you. Yours is the choice. Unquote. Historian and anarchist Mintz points out that Kropotkin got seduced by liberal thought himself, so no heroes. He promises more on Kropotkin, specifically his time in Russia, in future texts. 2021 Boston Anarchist Book Fair. An embarrassing lineup of non-anarchist projects in this straight-up bullshit event. I mean, the event could be fine for what it is, but how do local anarchists even let this name fly? Anyway, this, is, this also featured the worst thread of comments this week. 
Seems fitting. We moderate for you all, people. Appreciate us. The Aging Anarchist's Cookbook from The New Yorker by Reuven Perlman. An April Fool's joke out of season, as someone noted, a good idea but with terrible execution, mocking the fact that many anarchists are young and full of vigor, but age into normcore tired liberals. Being funny is hard, people. How it started slash how it's going. Bound Together Books, a venerable cooperative bookstore in San Francisco, makes a bid for relevance that is heartening with memes and everything. This is announcing a participatory discussion that happened on Friday night on anarchist media and pop culture with Dane Michael. Looks like it was in person, which is nice, and it's great to see some light from that corner. Maybe someone who went will let us know what happened. That was how it started slash how it's going. Six anarchists probed for terror propaganda from ANSA.IT, which looks like a mainstream Italian news site. Very short piece on six anarchists being investigated for, quote, terrorist and subversive propaganda, unquote. Good for them. 27F Compass Freedom Bell via Atake, translation by Act for Freedom Now. Another very short announcement about six anarchists in Spain who have been let out after eight months on bail of 40,000 euros each, charged with burning a cop man, among other things. Quote, the left-wing party, CUP, who had organized a demonstration on 27th of February, didn't any pressure to the actual Catalan government, which they formed part to liberate the six comrades, not even did any solidarity act from them. Unquote. Sounds about, yep, that was 27F Compass Free on Bell. Defending Utopia in a Country of Ghosts from solarpunkmagazine.com. This is what they have to say about their site. Quote, Solarpunk is a prefigurative utopian artistic movement that envisions what the future might look like if humanity solved major modern challenges like climate change and created more sustainable and balanced societies. As a genre and cultural aesthetic, it encompasses literature, visual art, fashion, video games, architecture, and more, unquote. Then they start defending the use of punk in the name, which continues to piss the fuck out of some people. (coughs) For some of us, one of the defining characteristics of punk is rage, which is, of course, absent on this mainstreaming list of posi attributes. Grr. Anyway, this is an announcement of a new steampunk book by Margaret Kiljoy, which they acknowledge is not solar punk, so that's something. Quote, this is a didactic tale that's a must-read for anyone trying to grasp the landscape of contemporary anarchism, told and taught through an entertaining sci-fi fantasy story, A Country of Ghosts, joins the growing ranks of utopian science fiction that is breaking the mold of storytelling in which dystopia is the end point, and is daring to dream bigger of something better, unquote. This announcement is also pretty brief, but you might want to check out the book if you're into that dreaming thing. That was Defending Utopia. Anarchist Firebomb Police Station from the wannabewonk.substack.com. The wannabe wonk substack is, quote, this substack newsletter was meant to give me, Tom Lord, a place to publish periodic news roundup in the world of political violence and militant group, mostly in Greece and Turkey, but we are broadening our horizons. I will also publish occasional articles on topics of interest to me that for either reasons of creative freedom offered by the platform or time sensitivity, I did not choose to publish elsewhere, unquote. This is a brief, pretty neutral account of an action that references the Romani man killed by Greek cops for no apparent reason. The article notes that the communique quotes an older communique from Conspiracy Cells of Fire, Long Way They Burn. That was Anarchist Fire Bomb Police Station. Bastard Conference 2021 this Saturday from Anon. Quote, a final reminder that the 2021 Bastard Conference will take place this Saturday, November 13th from 12 to 8 at the Long Hall Info Shop. 
3124 Shattuck Avenue in Berkeley, we have a day full of exciting incendiary conversations about anarchy planned, presented by participants in the Berkeley Anarchist Study Group, alongside some friends from out of town, unquote. This, of course, already happened. Perhaps someone went. Audio and video. The Russian political landscape and anarchist prisoners. From the final straw. An hour and 15 minutes, quote. This week, we're featuring two guests about speaking about Russia. First up, John spoke with author and journalist Dmitry Okust about the state of anarchist and anti-fascist movements in Russia, the politics of Putin's United Russia Party, Nazis and the far right in Russia, and successes of the Communist Party in electoral politics. Then, Moscow anarchist Black Cross member in exile, Antti Rautyanin, adds some more detail on repression in Russia, including the hunger strike of network case prisoner Viktor Filinkov, calls for solidarity for mathematician Asat Misfakov, and others, unquote. No Sean again. Sad face. That was Russian political landscape and anarchist prisoners. Topic of the week, seasons of anarchy. The topic begins with the quote, I used to assume that there were only four seasons, maybe five if you include harvest, but I now recognize that there are hundreds. That's from Revolution of Fungal Life. With the always-on, always-working, always-lit-up landscape of the city, capital, and the forces of 24-7 life attempt to destroy any concept of seasonality urban dwellers may still cling to, yet each year there are still shifts in temperature, apparel, the swapping out of your COVID mask for your super fire mask, etc., Certain classes of jobs change, and certain classes of people migrate in and out. Even in the world of Leviathan, material shifts occur with the shift in seasons, and this is the way that people come to find connection with a place, with its rhythms, its shades, its subtleties, the ways it can perhaps become known. This is likely true of the urban anarchies as well. Summers are for riots and heat waves. Certain months are for hurricanes and autonomous disaster relief. Certain months used to be for book fairs, though I guess this is kind of returning now. There are long winter nights when the extended dark is more conducive to mischief. These are some of the ways I imagine that the confluence of seasonality and anarchy might come to define an anarchist's experience of place. I'm interested in what others have experienced. How do you see seasonal shifts happen in your anarchies, your city, your milieu? Is there an anarchy off-season? If so, why? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the topic of the week. I am Max Rez, and I am joined by Octox. Uh, so, Octox, what uh, anarchy season is it there? What season is it here? Oh, shit. It's like stumped by the question. <laughs> I mean, this, don't think too hard about it. Um, no, okay. Let's just say that, you know, some places, the seasons have a starker contrast than in others. And if you're not paying attention, you might not even notice the change of the seasons. Sure. But, you know, it's funny, the comparison or the metaphor with uh, unrest and heat, some places being hot all year. And also having unrest all year, uh, but obviously not attributing any type of determinism. But yeah, that's why it kind of stumped me, you know, the, the, the trying to make too literal 
parallels, but definitely the seasons affect a lot. But uh, what I was going to mention now that the topic mentions COVID and the mask and all that, thinking about the quarantine, uh, you know, people spending time indoors in this well-regulated environment, uh, temperature regulated and, and all that, it's really hard to notice the changes unless you go out of your way and touch grass like the meme says. Obviously, there's been a lot of texts about rewilding that speak of uh, travelers in large plains and oceans and how they use their senses to guide themselves. They feel the swells of the waves. They feel, they see the, the, the different paths the animals have made. And, you know, that kind of attunement is, is a privileged thing to have in, in this world where people numb themselves with different types of things. And I was telling you a bit before we started recording about how the only season some people might be paying attention is the different seasons of their favorite uh, TV program or, or Netflix series or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's, there's reality to that. Um, I, I do think that it's, uh, I mean, different people are affected by the seasons, even in whatever urban spaces as well. I think about the, um, The reference to riots in the summer, uh, especially in the summer, you have a lot of people like a lot of people who don't have air conditioning, for example, who are just like sitting on their stoops because it's cooler out there than in their houses. And also just like everyone's just really hot because there is no climate control. And I think that that has been part of what's like acted as a trigger for people to get more like, all right, like things are going to get a little rowdier. And also obviously the fact that not only are you hot and bothered, but also it's not fucking like 10 degrees outside. And like, you're like running out of a target with a big screen television and you slip on the snow. Like it, obviously a lot of things are easier to do when, uh, when it's warmer. Yeah, I mean, uh, not to give away too much, that isn't already obvious, but yeah, I've never been into snow or anywhere cold. I've never like seen fall or proper winter, so to speak. So talk about, you know, talking a topic that's outside my, you could say, uh, experience or, or knowledge or whatever. But I mean, the topic does mention hurricane season, and that certainly is like a... A period of time that uh, passed that it's like, ooh, nice, we dodged the bullet. Or maybe you say, oh, we're fucked. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Although it's it's funny to me because um, leading into the this past summer, uh, there were a lot of people here who were saying, oh, it's going to be another hot summer. You know, all the rioting from last summer, like we're going to have it again. And um, uh, that did not materialize at all here, obviously. Um, it was a pretty not hot summer. And so I think that things have gotten a little... I mean, riots don't necessarily have a seasonal component to them, or perhaps they do, or maybe not as much as I had asserted. But, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of other stuff that goes in there. If we want to talk about not literal seasons, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who was talking about how this summer was actually their sort of like summer for being the social person again, because more people were vaccinated. And uh, at least at that point, there was a little more confidence in 
the vaccines being being a little stronger than apparently they are. But um, they, I think, and I think more than a few people spent their summers like hanging out and actually rediscovering like, oh yeah, like we can be inside together and we can like do parties or that kind of thing again. Uh, so if you want to talk about like the literal season of summer being this kind of like, all right, white boy summer or whatever, I'm just going to like hang out and enjoy the warmer weather, but also the season of anarchy, actually that being, I guess, like if you're going to continue the like four season system, this kind of like winter of anarchy, or maybe, yeah, like a season where things are kind of sleeping and people are doing other things. I think, um, something that I like to underline about the topic and that has to do with what what you're saying is the notion of there being you know like a a thousand or an infinite number of seasons and which is mentioned in the in the fungal uh quote and what that comes down to is different traits and how they're accentuated maybe you could say that what i'm thinking of right now is like of ripeness of certain fruits where it's not like a fixed season that has like a name. Sometimes some, you know, crops are annual. Some crops are, you know, take more depending on where, uh, when you planted them where and, the, you know, the conditions that it was subjected to, you know, it could give fruit sooner or later. The, the fruit could be riper sooner or later. And, and the way that you can tell is by, keeping an eye on it and looking at the color. Sometimes you have to scratch beneath the skin and things like that. Okay, so what it keeps bringing me back to is the idea of being observant. Yeah, noticing those things because you mentioned, obviously, the riots that were last year and the expectations that that would be something that could be repeated this year. But obviously, if you were really observing, you would notice that as the time... uh, got closer it's not something that was going to repeat it itself in the same way obviously because of different things that we were already tired of talking about like burnout and all of that and i thought there was going to be a lot of conversation about that but maybe people are burnt out about talking about being burnt out and i remember <laughs> some texts by crime think about after the crest or before the crest or something like that some metaphor using tides and You know, it's similar because, okay, seasons have to do with the circular motion of the earth uh, around the sun and the axis being tilted. And, you know, days, uh, the the earth, the earth's uh, rotation and the moon has faces because of the orbit. And this circular movement, if you trace it on a linear graph, whatever, it looks like a wave. And it's like seasons. And so waves in the ocean are also like a similar formal metaphor that you can use for these things so anyway so so much poetry just to say what's obvious uh, things go up they go down uh, people exert themselves then they need some rest yeah usually winter is a time for hunkering down and uh, when spring comes there's like a literally spring of activity and you know it's it's not how can i say this i mean you know there's some nocturnal species some they diurnal species and like it's not that much in your favor to go against these these rhythms these suggestions if you might call them that that the environment imposes on you 
like you can go against it but uh only for so long i mean you can adapt yourself but it's it takes a toll you know there's other idioms like burning the candle at both ends and burning the midnight oil or whatever you know it, it's necessary to to sleep and it's better if you do it at night even <laughs> so it, it all sounds really stupid but i mean all of that gets swept under the rug or put aside with our 24/7 always on blinking lights like the topic said computer internet traffic all of that sure i mean yeah the essay that you mentioned uh after the crest uh some people here actually had a like reading discussion about it uh towards the tail end of last summer and it's kind of funny because the whole the whole lesson of that series of essays is that you essentially like when it's white boy summer when you're like in the in the thick of things you better start planting your seeds or you know you're you better reap what you can out of that experience because there's going to come a winter um, or there's going to come a season of quietness where like it's going to seem like no one's doing anything and that's because no one is doing anything and you have to plan ahead and take what you can before it i mean whatever we're just going to keep going with metaphors here until it whatever rots from the vine for lack of you picking it um and you got to plant those seeds for whatever comes next And I, I think that there's, there's a truth to that, but, um, cycles are complicated. I think, uh, especially when you are someone who pursues whatever you want in the endless summer, I guess, right. You all let's have riots all the time or, you know, why is no one rioting? It's like, life is still terrible. And all of the shit that people were angry about before they're not, what are they not angry about it now? That kind of thing. Um, it's hard to grapple with that. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I myself am one of those like eternal summer people, but also that like, I'm not really sure what the author means by an anarchy off season, or maybe we should talk about that a bit because, um, what does it mean to be off? Like, My friend, for example, who was uh, going to parties and hanging out with people this summer instead of, I don't know, breaking windows and rioting and stuff. Was that not anarchy? Was that like an anarchy off season? I don't know if they would consider it that way, but is that what this author is referring to? Yeah, that's a lot of questions. Uh, so, you know, to to address from the beginning and hopefully get to the end before I, I lose memory or track of what of the thing, but you'll remind me. Okay, so this metaphor about fruits and about uh, picking it before it rots in the branch or whatever, you know, and about all the preparations and planting the seeds and all that. Well, I mean, the metaphor could go two ways. You could have the agricultural uh, metaphor where you're administrating some crops and you have to plant it and you have the crops in line you have to add the fertilizer at the right time you have to pick it you have to do all of that all that preparation that work that labor that organizing you know all that stuff and then you could have the the gatherer metaphor where you just pick the low-hanging fruits and all you have to do is you see you see the fruit you, you grab it you move along you and you keep doing that so i mean it's never going to be eternal summer but that doesn't mean that you have to go through this rigor of a planting season. You could just be a gatherer 
all year round, but obviously you're going to have to gather some reserves for the winter. You're going to have to bulk up and hibernate a bit. And there's going to be slim pickings through some seasons and hunger and all of that. So, okay, that's the two metaphors. Okay, <laughs> regarding the, you know, what your friend was doing and what the topic says about off seasons. I mean, the direct parallel that I think was being made was to activism. And it's uh, very common in these topics that even when the person no longer has that type of orientation, like you were mentioning, that you don't think that because you're not doing that all the time that you're having an off-season, it's still like a lingering or a, a hanger-on. I don't know how to say this. It, the, the, the way of talking about things still stays the same. And, you know, I was I've been thinking about this recently a lot about how you know, the, the reference point being always this upheaval, this riot, this explosive moment that obviously cannot be predicted and cannot be replicated, even though some people say organized towards that. It's really a, an error, I think, on the part of, let's say, the individual who wants to experience, I don't know, some type of insert margin word that you really like here. But I think that the focus really is always to be observant and focus on windows of opportunity on the low hanging fruits, the high hanging fruits. Maybe you have to climb the tree and these are the metaphors. <laughs> But yeah, just focus on what you want to do, because even texts that we use, uh, like recently, the much quoted at Dagger's Drawn, if you read through it, there's like some tension or incongruence, not incongruence, but you could say... Certain parts don't match up because it says on the one hand, do not delay, act now for yourself, no measure, whatever. And on the other hand, it says, you know, you gotta join the other people. You gotta insert yourself in different struggles. You have to do what resonates and echo what other people are saying so it can be louder. You know, the upheat. And, and, I don't know. Anyway, the thing is that Yeah, I agree with you that there's no such thing as an off season for who you are. And um, there are different seasons and you could you could have a seasonal affection disorder and be all depressed and and then you'll feel better. So that's, you know, people have mood swings, too. That's a, a seasonal change as well. So I, I think, yeah, you may go through ups and downs, but there's no off season for, you know. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And uh, to the point that you made earlier about. Uh, well, the always lit up landscape of the city, um, 24-7 lifestyle. I think it's become more apparent to me with what we just went through with a lot of the lockdowns and um, social distancing, where, for example, we have a reading discussion group that uh, would meet in person for well for a while it was meeting in person and then when covid hit it switched to remote but it was one of those things where like i mean the reading discussion group itself i guess you could say it didn't have a season we always would meet once a month regardless of what month it was regardless of like what time the sun was setting or anything like that but part of what made it function with covid was the fact that we could be indoors and talking to each other remotely like present with each other but not in the presence of one another uh and it is this kind of like i mean in this case technology that allowed us to 
persist with that kind of activity in the way that we were doing it. And it's it's been funny too, because with COVID here, there still aren't many spaces for anarchists to meet indoors. A lot of the collective spaces are still closed and maybe forever now. It's been quite a while. But what that meant last winter, for example, is that we either switched to remote or we just ended up having to like tough it out sitting outside in like sometimes very unpleasant weather. And um, it was kind of a disruption in that sense. Like if you want to talk about like how seasonality usually affects people, typically, and I would say this is true for myself, I'm much more of an indoor person when it comes to the colder months and especially when the wind is blowing and it's very cold and or snowing. But when um, this past winter, I was very much or not very much, but much less of an indoor person because the only real sociality, the only real like interactions that I could have with other people was outdoors and because we couldn't have people over or anything like that. So it's kind of an interesting shift that I think my own social activities underwent uh, that kind of disconnected it from the usual, I don't know, literal, like the colder, warmer cycle. Yeah, that's very, very interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. And, and last year, the whole COVID thing was also overlapped with concerns with it getting worse during the cold season. And before that, there was flu season already. So maybe that will be a, a bigger concern moving on that type of seasonality. And maybe people will pay attention to it and it will inform how they gather and stuff. But I mean, if you're staying indoors all the time, no matter what, it's almost like the world could be falling and ending right outside outside your door and nothing would change like that meme with the dog and the fire and uh <laughs> and a lot of people were in that situation when there was all the the wildfires in california they were still doing their daily routine uh breathing in the toxic smoke and in many places it's like that where there's coops in myanmar and in belarus you know life goes on and like when it was happening in chile in 2019 it's very curious what that alienation can do what a simple four walls and a ceiling and maybe an air conditioner and no windows can do to someone sure i mean as you mentioned at the beginning of this discussion uh i i agree that for many people at least seasonality has shifted a lot and maybe kind of uh we're in like a many people are in like a smooth space of like well it doesn't matter that much that it is winter or summer necessarily because we have means of just doing the same thing all the time um or reacting to different stimuli that aren't just like oh it's like whatever the time is changing or um you know, it's, there are hundreds of seasons because I'm whatever revolution of fungal life. I'm like gathering mushrooms or I am a mushroom or what have you. I haven't read this essay, <laughs> but, um, most of us, I think are not living on, uh, land projects or, um, farms or what have you, where we're, uh, deeply in touch with the physical place that we are living in, which uh, is something that 
I think was decried a lot. I mean, obviously a lot of people disagree with it, but I think of Aragorn's writing too, um, with just like this sort of disconnect. And I think this is relevant to anarchists as well. This disconnect from the physical place that you are, whether it's the history of it, whether it's the literal like environment, the environs, the, the all of that stuff for a lot of people. Um, and let's say for the topic of discussion, a lot of anarchists, the nitty gritty details or the changes in environment and things like that doesn't really matter that much to people who are living more modern technical lives. And um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's probably a bad thing. I don't know how much of a bad thing it is. Um, but that sort of lack of seasonality or this sort of shift to, again, like, I'm going to kind of do the same thing all the time. And I'm not really making space for, let's say, repetition or um, the ritualization of shifts in seasons or awareness of a larger physical environment probably is detrimental. Yeah, and there's a lot that can be said there because there's this conflict, you could say, between obviously repetition is unavoidable, but, you know, is it uh, a, a ritual that you look forward to full of meaning or is it a routine that grinds you down? And I think the difference is whether the pauses are deliberate and make sense. You know, are you taking a break before you break down or are you breaking down and then taking a break to compensate for, for how you strained yourself? And obviously, there's like a productivist mindset that wants you to get the results. And then and only then can you take a break to celebrate and not like spacing it out in a more piecemeal way, sensible way. And things are planned like, okay, for the next summer, next semester, next week. And it's, you know, all this uncertainty and instability of this hyper modern world makes it hard for people to make long term plans. And obviously that makes them focus on really short term things, which obviously will not have a, a season because you can't a moment you can't put. A, I mean, unless you're talking cellular division, that's not a season. But so, you know, that's where a lot of people are at. And then and if you dull yourself, I mean, you know, uh, half a year, a whole year can go past. And before you take notice that, holy shit, I, I've wasted my whole life and. <laughs> but that's that's how it goes sure and I, i think that it's worth like keeping in mind that a lot of the lack of seasonality actually comes from forces that are uh i don't know we are living within not consensually or consensually in in the bad way of like um you know if you have a job like you do that job most of us if you're not a farmer um and even if you are a farmer you're like set to a schedule that is like a very set schedule For a lot of people in, if you, whatever, if you work in an office or something like that, uh, you work at a grocery store, like you're going and doing the same job in the same way, pretty much all year round. And, um, you know, this is the whole thing with, uh, we're on daylight savings now in the U S and, um, the people who are like, oh man, like I get back and I get back home and I, it, it's dark out and that's really depressing. Uh, I, I feel that, but it's also like, you know, this is because people's lives don't and can't shift with, uh, the changes in how the, the season is 
changing. Uh, you're just doing the same thing all the time, whether it feels good or not. And that is kind of depressing. <laughs> um, I mean, I remember I was reading the, I think it was the destruction of the European Jewry. And it's talking about the Holocaust. And this is something I hadn't thought about at all. But in the concentration camps during the winter, a lot of the slave labor that they were forcing Jews to do, actually, there was a lot less of it because there weren't really, there wasn't really the means of keeping people working when the sun was setting earlier. Like it was just like, okay, like it's getting colder out, it's getting darker out earlier. And we don't really have electric lights to light all this up. We don't have the means of really like forcing these people to work to death as much as we would have otherwise. And that was like, and that was kind of a, an interesting thing for me to read because it was this sort of like, I mean, now, obviously like whatever technology has advanced and you can be even more disconnected you can you can force people to do whatever you want them to do regardless of season just because like there is more of a disconnect um and this disconnect by the leviathan if you will uh or whatever force you're going to point at to be able to say like okay like who cares what season it is what have you we're just going to make you do whatever you we want you to do 24/7 uh 365 days a year yeah and that's a really good setup for yeah that really reminds me of uh the text that was posted uh last week from the anvil review about death and that article got some attention people were commenting on it and what it says is that you know this denial of death uh with all this technology people can be through very cruel means kept doing a parody of life you could say after uh, any type of sensible person would would declare a person dead and you know it's it's a parallel you know the denial of life the denial of the need for sleep for pause for rest for obeying if you will the seasons and right now it's the beginning of christmas for the united states and a lot of countries that celebrate that and They're already telling people to order their things online because the supply chains are going to be really clogged up and they have bottlenecks and they want them to do their shopping in advance. And in a season where there's going to be winter where it would be easier for them to not do that, they're going to uh, make it harder for everything that has to be delivered by having it be the time where everyone must compulsively buy more shit that they don't need and stuff like that. Sure. And I mean, of course, not to uh, glamorize um, the life of the farmer or what have you uh, in the context of like uh, feudalism or something like that. The I mean, I, I don't think it's any surprise that like a lot of holidays happen in, uh, with, you know, with the end of the harvest or in the winter months, like things are a lot easier because you're not you're not really being worked to death because you aren't, uh, har you know, you've harvested the crops, your, uh, farm is sleeping, if you will, for the season. Obviously people were still being crushed, uh, when we're talking about feudalism or what have you, there's work for you to do in the winter too. But the, this sort of like, oh, like finally the end of, um, the end of the hard work is over. And now we get a time to rest at least a little bit. Um, probably like starving, but like still, uh, you're not, 
starving and working. You're just starving and not working. Uh, most people today don't really have that luxury even. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking now about, you know, festivities and celebrations and seasons and Some people, uh, the only change they'll see around if they live in a city that doesn't have much vegetation is maybe the decorations around the different seasons. But, you know, when, if, if, if the only thing that you have as a reference point is the different merchandise that they have at your local uh, pharmacy, like, uh, let's say, Walgreens, uh, it's the same thing. It's candy, it's sugar, it's... Uh, Candy for Valentine's Day, for for Easter, for Christmas, for Halloween, for Thanksgiving. You have the pumpkin pie, you know, and I, I don't know. Let's say seasons and uh, traditions, uh, seasons and traditions, they, they overlap and they have a similar rhythm. But the problem is when, when they cease to have meaning through mindless repetition because you're not paying attention to it. it it's become far detached from you you you're not the person who created it you don't longer believe in it that uh, it's a centuries old thing that it's not necessarily based on even the land that you're standing on so it, i don't know it's all disjointed and but you know uh, like you mentioned about aragorn and the text uh it reminds me of the text nihilist uh, animism about how you know some people have this journey to return to this contact and to create a culture and a language that has some roots in, you know, the, the world that they're living in, in a more direct way that is not so conceptual and mediated, or I don't know what words would be used. But at the end of that text, it, it also mentions how hopeless it is. And it's like, like a journey and that's all. And so, yeah, that's, that's where that leads you to, I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, I guess it's in part like, how do you make sense of the things around you? I guess that like awareness of the things around you is different from saying like, yes, I need to be uh, one with nature or I need to uh, whatever, have a revolution of fungal life in myself or what have you. I mean, obviously this works for some people, but saying like, okay, yes, like I, my, the feeling of the wind on my skin has changed or I, I feel colder, I feel warmer and like the sun is changing its revolution around the earth. Like being aware of these things or, you know, Oh, like what crops are growing near me? Or if I don't have crops near me, you know, the, these sorts of changes, being aware of them does not necessarily give them meaning, but you can potentially derive meaning from them or, uh, you know, use, I guess, to put it in a crude way, but that it does seem like two different things to me. And I think that having an awareness of what's around you is never a bad thing or having an awareness that, uh, not being aware of what's going on around you is probably detrimental or seeing like, well, how do I relate to this? Or, you know, if we're talking about, if we are talking about abstract seasons, not like literal seasons, uh, seasons of the self being more attuned to like, okay, like I don't really feel like doing this right now. Um, I guess this, I wouldn't call this an off season necessarily, but being aware of yourself and saying like, okay, like I don't need to do the same thing I've always done because I'm feeling differently about it. Or there's some change going on in me and maybe that's really meaningful and maybe it's not, 
but being willing to change what you do because of how you're feeling or because of the way that you sense yourself in the world and understanding that that can change, I think is a good thing. Yes. And I I will end on that note by uh, saying that uh, in order to make those observations and to make those changes, you know, according to season, you need to make a pause in what were you were doing before either to observe the changes or to pause what you were doing to continue to do something else. And that reminds me of certain, you know, religions that have like the Sabbath and whatever and and take the day off and then they let them take the day off in the office because that's what their religion says. So more people should take their breaks more religiously and more seriously, <laughs> I guess. So now with that segue, we're going to take a break in this conversation and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for joining me. This week's podcast was sound edited by Greg. The What's New was written by Chisel and read by Chisel and Bruno. And we thank Octox and Max for their help with the topic of the week. We hope this podcast is useful to and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcasts at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site with comments, anarchistnews.org. It's okay. 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 It